Thier, and welcome back to Embracing Amazing with your host, Kayla Rollins. And we are here with your guest today, Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. <laughs> so, you own Pixie Paint Things. Tell me a little bit about how you got started, a little bit why you named your business Pixie Paint Things. Um, it's a really long story. Actually. That's okay. We love long stories. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there was ever like one point where I decided to start my business. It's definitely been a transition throughout my life. Um, I guess if I could shorten it and I could get back into the backstories, I started Pixie Paint Things as it is today three years ago um, with that name. Um, it was more art-based, painting-based at the beginning, and that's why I named it Pixie Paint Things. And the intention of that was that um, I had my jewelry, it was pixie-inspired, I had paintings of pixies, and it was like pixie paintings and other things, so pixie paint things. <laughs> okay, that's wonderful. But it has transitioned a lot since then. Okay. Um, now, I don't really have as much traditional art, like the paintings. I have more botanical collages with the fairies, and mainly it's all jewelry. Oh, wonderful. Um, so people read my name differently now, and I find a lot of people think it's like, oh, it's pixie pain things and I'm like it's nothing painful oh. and it upset me for a little bit mm -hmm. but I'm kind of reowning it yeah and my dad told me he's like no like look at your art look at these fairies there's a lot of pain there's transition there's renewal and I'm like you know what? that's true and I kind of like love it now yeah so, so you mentioned your dad yeah. is he a huge inspiration in in your business I mean my dad's side of the family is how I got started in art actually okay. like that's really where I consider the start of everything and started in my interest in nature and making that a part of my story um, because I grew up with my grandparents on like three acres of land outskirts of London what, oh, what used to be called broccoli uh, okay. Yeah, it's a township of broccoli. It was absorbed in London, I think, in 1998. Oh but we still have our sign. And it's basically <laughs> just half of Dingman Drive that is broccoli. <laughs> Wonderful. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So my yeah. grandma has a shop there, uh, Crafty Kennedy's. Okay. So I used to, I learned how to paint there for my grandma. She taught me to paint before I could write. Um, and then my grandpa would take me hiking and we'd look for mushrooms and my dad, and my grandpa always taught me the names of the flowers, the names of the trees. So that's kind of how I got into all of that. That's amazing. So you went adventuring a lot when you were younger then. Is that something yeah. that you use now in your own business? Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. I grew up outside. <laughs> I only came inside when I heard my grandma yelling at me for lunch. <laughs> it was just for meals and to go to sleep. I was always outside, always picking flowers, collecting butterflies and frogs and all that. That's amazing. Um, so, Is there one flower or insect or something that resonates a little bit more with you or means yeah. something? Yeah. Actually, I think there's a few. I'm really connected to birch bark. Like birch bark's really important to me because we have this one really big birch tree at my grandpa's that's been one of my favorites. And you can do so much with birch bark and art. I use a lot Absolutely. recently. I've been using it more in my pieces, more in my jewelry and art. 
And then I was getting more into the symbolism of it and it being called in Celtic tradition, the Lady of the Woods, which is really cool because I'm part Celtic, Norse, and Indigenous, and it has really strong symbolism in both cultures. That's amazing. And traditions, yes. Is that something that you put into your artwork is some of your culture? I do, yeah. So I I have a big focus on education and, um, and nature, like education, I guess. So I always have with my bigger collections, little info cards that tell you about the different elements used and what they're used for spiritually or what they represent in like my heritage. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, wow. So is that something that your parents growing up growing up taught you how to mm-hmm. use those elements into your everyday life? It's kind of funny because I it's not something that I grew up with a lot. I grew up with a very scientific base where my grandpa and dad would just teach me the names, what I can use it for, um, and if you can eat it or don't eat it. And my dad's rule was always just don't eat it. (laughs) That's the safe rule. (laughs) My grandpa, we we would risk things and he'd get mad sometimes when we're eating mushrooms from the field. Oh my. But um, I got more into the like holistic kind of approach and symbolism and traditions as I got older because I was looking more into like my heritage and background reconnecting to my indigenous roots and that's when I started to get more inspired from like more witch communities and indigenous communities and realize like how we can use nature in different ways and be inspired by nature. Absolutely. Did you ever have a bad experience eating a a bad mushroom? No. No. Luckily not. (laughs) Oh thank goodness. My grandpa's like he's okay so. Yeah. Without him now harvesting mushrooms is really scary and I haven't done it without him until last weekend. It was my first weekend. I was brave enough. I got all my books out. I Google ID'd it. And I'm like, okay, this is a for sure edible mushroom. <laughs> and I was staring at it. And I was still a little concerned. And this old man with a walking stick started walking down the path. And he looked at me. He's like, you know, you can eat that. I was like, thank you, grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I cooked it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any local trails that you'd mm-hmm. like to frequent a little bit more than others? Um, I started with meadow lily. Like I love meadow lily for its diversity. There's so much diverse plant life there. And every week I go and I visit my snapping turtle friend that's been hanging out there. He, he scared me the first time. Oh my goodness. Tell me about him. (laughs) Uh, okay. So there's this one part of meadow lily. If you go off, like there's the main trail and you go off like kind of that side trail. Okay. That's a really bad explanation, but he's my snapping turtle. So if you don't find him, it's fine. <laughs> there's like this swampy pond area with a log that you can cross across the pond on this fallen log. Okay. And he's always chilling by that log. The first time I was there, I was putting things in my book and I seen some movement and it was a snapping turtle like this big. And he was right next to me, scared the like absolute heck out of me oh my goodness <laughs> yeah but now we, he's chill we're good that's amazing <laughs> so, but since then i've been finding a lot of cicada wings and cicada wings are my favorite to work with because when i imagine a pixie that can be from any kind of traditional teachings because um pixies and fairies and the fays and the little people they show up in a lot of stories across the world mm-hmm. um they're called different things And I think when I think of those cicada wings, they're really neutral. They're not like the big, beautiful butterfly wings you would see from like European fairies. 
Um, and I just like that they're pretty diverse in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's something that you're now kind of focusing on or bringing into your artwork is more of the insects and bugs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that's where it started and I'm now bringing it back because I did start okay. with the um, initial influence of the fairies. I made a fairy collage out of bug wings and I was like, this is really cool. And I kind of left it because it was rare to find these bug wings. And mm -hmm. then I started making jewelry and I got really caught in the cycle of making jewelry to maintain myself financially. And that's just what's been working. But Absolutely. I've been finding that I need to get back to those like creative roots. And what really inspired me was making like those art pieces, big art pieces and bringing in like new life through elements that I found that are dead, like the wings. So I've been trying to bring those back and I've started making a new line that is my jewelry um, botanical fairy collage necklaces. Oh, so wow. now I have very, very tiny fairies I've yes. put into necklaces and I'll either use petals and a few of them I actually use bee wings. So Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So with using something that small, what do you find the challenges in using natural elements in your artwork? There's a lot of challenges. <laughs> the foliage, botanicals, it was a learning process to figure out how to encase them in resin and how to make that work. Um, I've tried many different things, many different resins, but really just comes down to like dehydrating them as fast and as you can and getting all the moisture out and then using them fast before they lose the color. So yeah. It's yeah, just a little bit of a challenge. That's amazing. So if you had any advice for somebody who was just starting out in in a similar craft as you, what kind of advice would you give them? Ooh, watch a lot of YouTube videos. That's how I started. A lot of people ask me, how'd you get into like resin jewelry? Mm -hmm. and, and ask if I went to school for it. I'm like, well, yeah. no, I went to school for sociology. I went to school for fine arts foundation, studio art. So I have an, a traditional art background. But jewelry and resin, that's something I taught myself from YouTube. And I get a lot of people asking me, well, how'd you do it? Would you teach me? And I'm like, well, no, I don't really have time to teach you. Maybe one day, but like yeah. just learning off YouTube. You can learn so much from the internet. It's at your fingertips. You don't have to go to school. You can do it. So how um, have you used your education at college to kind of educate and fuel your business now? That's a good question. I mean, at the beginning... Um, because I did go to school originally for sociology and that was my goal was to do something in the social like research sector. Okay. Um, and that wasn't really working out <laughs> and I had a studio arts minor from that school and I have a long history of like fine arts uh, background just from family teachings. Okay. And I was like, how can I make both of these things mesh and like everything that um, interests me mesh? And one of the main things I really loved about sociology was learning about different people groups and traditions. Okay. Yeah. So then I was like, well, I'm going to research more about my culture, my traditions, and how can I bring that into art and bring that into like renewal and sustainability and foraging and just kind of molded it all wow. together. Wow. So that's like everything all in one. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So on top of having all of this business structure and education on top, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> I know. Tough question. See, you said business structure and that applies. I know what I'm doing. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very, very, very new to being fully self-employed artist now. 
I'm still like trying to figure out what that means for me and what that's going to look like next week, let alone five years from now. Absolutely. But if I could dream and like without really going through the facts and all that, but I dream five years from now, I'd be in BC. But I just want to build it so like I can be more sustainable, I guess, like as an online business. That way I could travel and live in BC because that's where I'd love to live. That's where my family's from. That's where my mom's and indigenous roots are from. And I always feel the most at home and inspired and just like happy there. It's so beautiful on Vancouver Island. So if I can get a good following and have like consistent income from my business and stores, then that'll free me up to move back where I can serve my home. That's and like then you cute. also do the poke tattoos, hand poke tattoos as well. Yes. So that's amazing. So you've got multiple different, you know, avenues and talents going for you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, they say the best entrepreneurs have about seven different streams of income coming in. So that's amazing that you're already, you know, halfway there. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great having you on. Feel free to check out next week's episode of Embracing Amazing.